You're listening to the Prism Podcast with Sydney Lish. All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to the Prism Podcast. Uh, I recorded this video a few weeks ago and then um, I uploaded it and it was a 30 minute long video and it, there was no sound. So I'm back to talk about it again. I took it as a sign that it just wasn't the right information that needed to be delivered, but I beautifully said everything. So we're gonna try and replicate it. Um, I have no notes for this one, so we're just gonna go off the cuff. But thank you for tuning in. If you're on YouTube, hello. If you're on podcast, hello. You can hear my voice, you can't see my face. If you're on podcast, maybe go check out the, the video version because I might drop in some pictures. So. Basically, what I want to talk about today is my body journey because in the past I've posted a ton of photos on Instagram. If you go to my Instagram, you can see um, transformations before and afters, whether it's just of my skin, my body, my physical body, and then I also talk a lot about the internal um, experience that I've had with my transformation. And it's crazy to look back because um, who I was even a year ago or three years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago is so different, not just in the way that I look, but the way that I present myself, the way that I feel most importantly, and my mindset around my relationship with my body, which I think is the most important and critical thing um, when talking about transformation. So I want to kind of rewind because again, I get so many questions like, well, how did you transform? What do I need to eat? What do I need to do? And this isn't gonna be about like advice on what to eat. This is strictly going to be my story. And I'm hoping that through my story, I'm gonna give a lot of you know what I did at certain times in my life to achieve a certain look or goal or whatever that, it, that may be. Um, but it's really gonna be about uh, almost like a cautionary tale, I could say, of what hasn't worked for me. And what hasn't worked for me most of the time is, you know, strict is rules is I, I like to have freedom in my life everybody's so different and so take everything I say with a grain of salt I will also say that there may be some minor trigger warnings here um, I am gonna be talking about a few different uh, eating issues I've had in the past um, so if you know if there's any of that for you that is underlying that is triggering you maybe you don't want to watch this and maybe it's all the reason that you need to watch this and why you found the video so um, I'm gonna basically rewind, but before I do, I'm gonna talk about where I'm at now with my health and with my wellness and with my experience of life. Um, I'm at a place now where I have gone to every extreme you could possibly go to in eating, in relationships with food, all of it. And right now I'll say I am the happiest I've ever been, not only in the balance I have with food, the relationship I have with food, the balance I have with my body and the balance I have with the, the, the happiness and contentment I have with how my body looks with doing the least amount of effort to achieve that look, right? I could go to an extreme and get leaner and get shredded, but I know for me at this point, if I'm going to do that, there's probably some area of my life that I'm going to have to sacrifice. And so right now, that's why I wanted to make this video is I truly feel like I am at the healthiest place I've ever been and I, I'm going to continue to be at the healthiest place I've ever been with exercise, with food, and with the love that I have for my body. It's the first time I can really look in the mirror and objectively say whether I was 10 pounds heavier or 10 pounds lighter, that I'm so, Alexa, turn off. 
that I'm so happy with where I'm at. Um, and, and the biggest overarching theme of this video is going to be being happy at, the biggest lesson I've learned is being happy at whatever weight I'm at is the key, right? Because when I was heavier, when I was lighter, I was never happy with where I was. And so that's the, and I always wanted to be something else, right? When I was lighter, I wanted to be heavier. When I was heavier, I wanted to be leaner. And I finally realized that if I don't just accept where I am right now in this moment, I'm never going to be able to get to where I want. And when I do, if I do, because it could be an uphill battle, if I do, I'm going to feel the same way, right? It's just like money. Money amplifies more of who we are. And so if you're poor or you're rich and you're an unhappy person, money isn't going to change that, right? Same with your body. If you're unhappy with where you're at, but you know you've also been unhappy when you were 30 pounds less, it's not the body's fault. It's not the way you look's fault. It's your unwillingness to look at why you're truly unhappy and you're projecting it potentially onto your body and using that to blame, okay? So that's the first thing I had to realize. But with that being said, I'm in a great space. And so I feel like I can really talk about this with you guys authentically and not some bullshit like, you know, advice. So rewind to the beginning of my fitness journey. First of all, I started in health and wellness at a very young age. I was in sports growing up. Um, even as early as seven, my dad had me in the gym playing racquetball, swimming, and like lifting weights to learn proper form. Not too heavy, of course. He was very responsible with that. But I fell in love really early with fitness. And uh, again, was very active. I played sports all through high school and you know some sports in college some intramural things all the all the stuff but at an early age of 16 i had a lot of i had a lot of bullying in middle school and it affected me into my high school years so i had a lot of bullying i was extremely skinny but people would make a joke that i wasn't skinny and so i think it made it like got in my head and, and convinced me that i wasn't skinny because anyways you know, we all we all have that where we like look back at photos where we're like, how did I think I wasn't skinny? And I was like so skinny, I was so tiny and so lean. And so I got this in my head that like I wasn't good enough unless my body was good enough, right? So many of us experienced that. I talked to so many women that experienced that. And so I, I realized that one area of my life that I could control is how I looked. And I could control that by the way that I ate. I could control that by the way that I worked out. I could control that by all, you know, all the things that I can control, what I can put in my mouth, how much I move. And so I really decided to study and immerse myself into fitness. And I got into YouTube and I was learning and learning and learning and learning. I was learning, reading exercise books, reading, you know, magazine articles, literally anything I could to um, learn more about the body. But at the very young age of 16, it got really unhealthy where all I wanted to do was look like the cheerleaders or the dancers. And, and I was an athlete, I was a volleyball player. I was really lanky now looking back, I was super tiny, but I didn't think that I was. I had thought I had big thighs, I had a, thought I had a big butt. And so I started to run half marathons. I started to work out every single day and it really sparked from honestly a breakup. It was a breakup, it was my first heartbreak. And I was like, I'm gonna pour myself into the gym, right? And some people could argue that there's worse things to pour themselves into. But for me, it became really damaging because it became this obsession with becoming perfect. It was like, the, you guys, it was such an obsession with like, if I, my body can just be perfect, if my hair, if my skin, if my 
XYZ can just be perfect, I will be worthy of love. That's the honest truth. And so I was like obsessed with fitness. I was obsessed with working out, but it became an obsession that became an issue where I would skip meals. I would get like a chai latte and I would use that to keep me full all throughout the day. Again, playing sports, I was extremely active and I would skip meals that my mom offered me. I would, you know, eat hardly anything. Um, it was it was not a good space to be in, but I didn't know any other way, and I wasn't aware of the the pattern and the behavior that I was creating, right? And so it was very restrictive to the point where close to anorexia, I wouldn't necessarily say I was like, I should go to a clinic and get some help. But looking back now, I wish I would have had somebody who was like, hey, I think you might need some help, right? Not necessarily professional help, but just someone to talk to, therapy or something. And so I really got into that. I started running a ton. I started working at a gym. So I was at the gym all the time. And upon graduating high school, I got injured from volleyball and I started to bodybuild. And so I started to get into this world of bodybuilding because a woman I worked with um, at a jewelry store, another job I had, she was like, I think you'd be really great at bodybuilding. You're always in the gym and you're really fit. And I was like, great, let me try that. I need to channel this, you know, this volleyball energy somewhere, this competitive nature somewhere. And what I'll say is I love the bodybuilding industry. I'm not knocking on it because it's not the industry. It's some of the behaviors that I developed within bodybuilding were extremely dangerous for someone who already had eating issues and someone who already had an obsessive personality with working out and with fitness and perfection because all bodybuilding is is you optimizing and enhancing your body to a, a very extreme level where people are judging you fit truly only based on how you look and your full package which for me seemed perfect i was like great this can help me become perfect and worthy of love right so I dove into bodybuilding and I got really serious about it. I trained myself because I didn't have money. I was like eating less than I was before. It was like restrict, restrict, restrict. I was doing all my own research. I was working out multiple hours a day, sitting in the steam room at night, hardly sleeping because I was going to school and college. I was working three jobs and it, it got just worse and worse and worse. And upon going to college, I mean, it even got to the point where my entire freshman year, I never went out, not one time. I think I had one dinner and I was freaking out because I had to eat out and I was so scared that I got like a bison burger and was so scared to eat it because of the oils and X, Y, Z. It was terrifying to me. And I never, again, never drank, never partied. I was up at 4 a.m. every day, working out at the gym, doing my fasted cardio, um, you know, eating at the cafeteria, I never ate the food everybody else ate. I had them put me on a meal plan where I was only eating like chicken and asparagus six times a day. I would go into the meal area and I would eat that six times a day. And they would cook me food for the weekends. And I was so committed to that, to the point where there was one day I remember I had like a rice cake over my you know macros of what I was supposed to be eating. And the next day I went on the Stairmaster for like an extra hour and a half because I was so worried when I was competing in bodybuilding that that rice cake, 90 calories, 80 calories, whatever it is, was gonna set me over and actually hinder my performance. So it was an obsession. It was really unhealthy. Um, and after that first year, I moved back 
to my hometown to finish out school so that I could put the money that I was going to be allocating to school into bodybuilding. And, you know, it, it didn't get any better at that point. Again, that culture of bodybuilding, it, it kind of glorifies, um, really restricted eating and for and again it's not bad for most people that do it it's great but for me with where I was at mentally it was the worst thing I could possibly be doing I was tired all the time I was malnourished I was so grumpy I was so rude to people because I had no energy because I wasn't sleeping I was taking horrible vitamins and, and things that like ruined my skin ruined my skin from the inside out and I was so skinny and I remember looking back at pictures now I'm, I'm i'm so tiny and i remember looking at myself and being like i am not where i want to be i have to be leaner i have to be leaner if i want to be on stage i have to be leaner i have to be leaner which in that context yes but when i look back it was it was an eating disorder it was so unhealthy so i i completed after seven or eight different bodybuilding competitions i just went hard i went hard my hair was falling out i took no drugs i took no aids to get me on stage ever. And that's something I'm really, really proud of. No, no steroid use, nothing like that. Um, but it was extremely difficult. I mean, there were points where I was like, I feel like I have to take steroids if I'm gonna be able to do this and actually live through it. And on my last day of competing, I have a picture that I post a lot of my skin. That was a picture of my skin on my last day of competing. I was so hungry, I was so tired. That I remember telling someone, if you hug me right now, I feel like I'm actually gonna turn into dust. Like I am so tired, I, it was terrible, it was terrible. And I remember getting off that stage and looking around and no one was there for me after I competed and I, I placed really high and I was so excited about it, but um, no one was there. And I, it was the first time I really realized, I was like, this is a selfish thing for me to be doing. Like I'm not actually helping anyone because if I was really impacting somebody, they would be here they would be here. And so yes, I might be motivating some people to go work out, but like, what am I really doing? And it was in that moment that it was so hard for me to, to detach from the, the, the idea that I was a bodybuilder. And I put so much pressure on myself to not quit things that when I came back, I, in my mind, I was like, I will never compete again. But people were asking me, when are you competing next? When are you competing next? When are you competing next? And I had such a hard time I was like, oh, it's just an off season. I'm just gonna take an off season, I'll be back. And in that, that time off, I really struggled with weight gain because my body was so malnourished for so many years. I mean, it was probably five years at that point, six years that I had been seriously running, lifting, under eating. My body was like starving for food. It was like, please feed me and, and sleep. <laughs> and so I, I you know, kept pushing myself in the gym but I started to binge eat because I was so tired. Like my body was literally in fight or flight. It was in starvation mode. And you know, compared to right now where I'm at, I was about 10 pounds less, which is crazy because I'm pretty lean right now. And when I, you know, weight doesn't matter, but it's just a reference for you guys. I was, I'm about 138 right now. I was about 132, 133, 134 competing. Much different muscle composition, obviously. And when I was, at my heaviest after competing, I was at 190. And some of the pictures I post on Instagram, you guys can see 190, it didn't, didn't even look bad, right? It doesn't look bad, but 
It was so unhealthy because I would overeat and then I would restrict. And then my body would need more food or I'd get my period and I'd need more food, but I maybe wouldn't let it eat as much as I could, but I would binge eat, I would overeat, I couldn't stop eating. There were times where I was like, I literally cannot stop. My body needs, it was like my body was screaming at me, you guys. And it was really dark. It was a really dark time. And that was again, while I was in college and it was such a dark time for such a long time. And I, you know, in that time, I, I really wanted to get on Instagram and I had started to post this back in like 2016, 2017, where it wasn't really popular to have a business and post on social media yet for in Montana, at least it wasn't. And so I got a lot of hate. I got a lot of hate for being present online, for posting advice, workout tips, things like that. It was my passion. And I got a lot of hate, not just from people I didn't know well, right behind my back, which I heard a lot about. I got some hate from the people closest to me. And it was really a challenging time while going through those mental battles of, unless I'm perfect, I don't wanna get emotional. Unless I'm perfect, I'm not good enough. And then also adding in, now I'm heavier and people still don't like it. People didn't like it when I competed and now that I'm not competing, people still don't like it. Now that I'm on social media, they still, it was like, it was never enough. Like what I was doing was never enough. And it was when I realized that it was never enough, it was because I realized that the never enough was purely coming from external validation. And I started to ask myself like, are you enough for you? Are you happy when your head hits the pillow every night? Are you happy with how you are treating people? And some of the answers to those questions I didn't like, and some of them I did. And so I really had to get radical with myself and be like, if I'm gonna do anything in my life, anything, it doesn't matter if I'm 190 pounds or 120 pounds, I have to make sure that I love my body where it's at, and I have to be sure that I'm happy with whatever I'm doing and it's good enough for me and what other people's opinions are, do not matter. And I stopped caring. I, I, I shut down. I stopped caring what people thought of me when they saw me on stage in a bikini and I quit that. I stopped caring what people thought of me then when I joined network marketing because you know I got some hate for that too. I just stopped caring and it was liberating. You know, that that for me is the reason that I'm so strong now in doing whatever it is I want to do because there was so much there was so many times that I I just I felt so broken and so confused and so lost and trying to make everybody happy and I realized that I just had to make myself happy and so, you know, towards the end of this, this journey of, of gaining weight, a lot of the weight gain actually happened after I joined Isogenics. And it was, it was interesting because that was, again, really when I realized that I was successful in business regardless of what my body looked like. And I had attached all my value to my body. I felt like the only way to get ahead was posting my body. I thought the only way to get love from men and women was my body, my face, my hair, blah, 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 blah. And it was when I realized when I was 190 pounds 
and I was building Isogenics. So I was getting hate for the bodybuilding. I was getting hate for the body. I was getting hate for that, the network marketing. And it was when I was 190 pounds building my Isogenics business that I realized, oh my God, st people still want to do business with me, even though I'm 190 pounds. And even though I'm in network marketing, it like proved to me that I could be successful regardless of the opinions of others if I believed in myself and I was happy with where I was at whenever I was at wherever I was at. And so again, I'm coming back to, you know, the most important thing is accepting where you're at right now and understanding that if you accept yourself, it sounds so stupid, like self-love, it's not about self-love, right? Yes, you have to love yourself, that's important. It's acceptance of the current scenario and the current situation. Because what I'll say is at night, 190 pounds, I didn't freak out, I didn't crash diet, I actually leaned into it. I went all in on just whatever my body needs right now is what I'm gonna do. I started sleeping 12 hours a night. I started to get on a supplement regimen that was actually gonna help my skin and my body, my hair, and my nails. I started to go to a naturopathic doctor who actually put me on a regimen for six weeks of only fruit, and steamed vegetables and isogenics products because I had damaged my gut so horribly that I was like, I have to do this or I'm never gonna recover. I had gut issues, small intestine, large intestine, heart issues, thyroid issues, colon, pancreas, and spleen issues, heavy metals. I had it all because of what I did to my body for so long, trying to get the approval of others. So <laughs> I went on that journey at 190 pounds and I, I really, I reduced my working out from seven days a week, twice a day sometimes, maybe even three times a day, to one day a week, one, sorry, seven days a week, one time a day. And then I lowered it to five times a week. And then I lowered it to like two times a week. And for a while I didn't even wanna work out. And I started to walk. And I started to like let my system reset. I started to sleep. I started to rest. I started to like undo the damage. And it was when I started to undo the damage physically that my body stabilized at that heavy weight. And I was there for a while. I was there for a while. I wasn't eating unhealthy. It was just like my body needed to be there for a while. No, it's safe. You're not in fight or flight. You're not needing to protect yourself. So when I got to that point, it was then that I started to work on that mindset of, I would weigh myself, I'm like, I have, I am happy with this weight. I'm so happy that my body works for me. I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful that I have a body that works for me and is healing right now. And I realized that I have to be happy at any weight. And when I started to have the mindset of that, while also visualizing every single day what my body could look like and how easy it could feel, Every single day I would imagine my body and what I would ideally like it to feel like, what it would feel like in my body to wear the clothes I wanna wear and to feel good in those clothes again, but not be tired, to be energized, to be vital, to be excited about the way that I felt, to not be restricting to eat whatever I wanted and not feel like I was doing something bad if I was eating pizza or burgers. And so I started to do that, I started to visualize that, I started to embody that and it was then it wasn't the, 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 stu the stuff that I was doing on the outside, the exercising and the eating and the drinking water only had about 10% to do with whatever weight I was at. It really hasn't varied even to this day. I still eat pretty much the same thing every single day because it's easy for me, but it was the mindset and the weight started to drop. And in six weeks, I lost like 25 pounds and I didn't even know how I was still eating pizza. I was still, it was the embodiment of my vision of what I wanted it to feel like. 
and embodying that every single day as if it were happening right now. And as I started to do that more and more and more, I dropped back down to the healthiest weight I've ever been. The least amount of exercise, I do a program called P-Volve if you wanna take a look at it. And then sometimes I'll work out, sometimes I walk. I used to do like 10,000 steps a day no matter what. Now I'm doing like five. I don't have a lot of time to do that right now. So I'm just, I'm, I'm telling my subconscious, I'm like, you're gonna have the same results with 5,000 steps as 10,000. And I do, right? I actually feel better now, right? I just always am telling myself, what my body gets to do and how it gets to operate with the amount of input I'm doing of exercise and food. And I get to determine what it looks like. I started to cleanse. I started to like cleanse my body of toxins. And when I was, when I was healing, I couldn't do that. My body was like, no, you have to eat right now. You have to eat right now. By 8 a.m. I'd be starving. So I listened to my body. Now my body loves cleansing. I love to cleanse. And sometimes I do it every week. And sometimes I don't do it for four weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks. But my body, I'm listening to, I know what it needs and when it needs it, but my external appearance doesn't really change much anymore because it's so stabilized and it's, it's what I'm embodying. I'm embodying the way my body looks now because this is where I like it to be. And so now I do P-Volve, I walk again, I listen to my body, what my body wants. Sometimes I don't work out every day, sometimes I do. Depends on the season, depends on my menstrual cycle. And I eat clean. I, I like eating clean now. I used to hate, I used to resist it when I was bodybuilding. Now I'm like, I enjoy feeding my body good things because if I don't, I feel sick, I feel icky. However, I still eat gluten-free cauliflower crust pizza from Trader Joe's every other week. And I still have a burger at two hands down the street every so often in Austin. So I listen to my body. I eat steak, I eat vegetables, I eat avocado, I, I just, I eat eggs, I eat isogenic shakes, like they're going out of style. I do what my body needs, but it took years. And all of that experience of ignoring, I think I have mascara here from crying, it took years, a decade, before I could actually listen to my body, before I actually knew what my body needed, when it needed it, and why. And so just know that if you're looking to change your body, if you're looking to change your mindset around your body, which is the most important part, it's crucial to listen and to get like actually quiet enough once in a while to actually listen to it and to know what it needs. And it's really about not resisting. It's about allowing and receiving what you want your body to be, how you want your body to feel. It's about visualizing it. It's about embodying it now, not when you have it. That's all manifestation and all that stuff. It is about embodying it now as if it were already true. This is money, this is relationships, this is everything, energy. Embodying it as if it were already true before you actually have it. And with my body now, I'm like, thank you. I look in the mirror, I'm like, thank you for looking this way. You look great. Even days I feel bloated, I'm like, yeah, I'm just a little bloated. That's okay. No big deal. My body's just doing some stuff. Before, I would get in my head and I'm like, I gotta go to the gym, but then I feel bloated, so I don't wanna go to the gym. But blah. Just accept. Accept where you're at. Think of where you'd rather be and then feel what that would feel like and feel it now. And what I will say is the biggest thing most of you guys are having happen when you're stressed about what you wanna look like, when you're stressed about your body, when you're stressed about whatever, you're stressed. And stress is causing you to stay the weight you are. Stress is causing you to not be able to lose weight. 
sleep, lack of sleep is causing you to gain weight, to not be able to lose weight, to feel be the best you can in your body, right? This isn't all about losing weight, gaining weight. I'm just using those as references, but fill in the blank of whatever you wanna experience, muscle gain, I don't care. Stress and sleep are two of the most important things and that's what I really started to change heavily. The workouts haven't changed that much. The you know, food hasn't changed that much. It's my association with those things. It's making sure I prioritize my sleep and it's making sure I manage my stress. And when I'm stressed about what my body looks like, it consumes me if I let it. And so I reduce that stress by just accepting and doing what I can, controlling what I can control. And I really can't do much about the rest. So with that being said, this is a long video, okay? But I really, I recorded this again. I'm so bummed that it, it didn't come out the first time, but that's okay, we're accepting it. And here we are again. So I'm hoping that this was valuable for you guys. Again, it's, I just wanted to share this because so many people are like, how do you look the way you look? What do you do for workouts? It has so much, and some of you won't hear this the first time that I'm telling you, you'll hear it like maybe 10 years down the road. All of this has so much less to do with what you're doing and so much more to do with your mindset. So much more to do with your observation of who you are, where you wanna be, and just embodying it right now and believing. So many of you don't believe you can have it. So many people don't believe you can do it. You look at my photos and you're like, well, she can do it because she has really good discipline. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, I have a phenomenal discipline. But I also had to work up here in my mind because as you saw 20 minutes ago, I was in a really dark place for a really long time and I was the one who had to pull myself out of that. And if I would have stayed in that, I would still be feeling the way I was feeling. I would still be looking the way I was looking, which I wasn't happy with at first. And accept, accept where you're at right now, control what you can control. But at the end of the day, just be grateful for where you're at now. Be grateful for the things you do have. Be grateful for the body you do have. Be grateful that your organs work. Be grateful that you have all your limbs if you do. Be grateful and thankful. Thankful is even more powerful than grateful, I think. Be thankful for what you do have. And when you're thankful for what you do have, you will get more. All right, I'm done. Peace out. I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, bye.